The Take What Serves, Leave the Rest podcast is sponsored by Prairie Care. You know, going through the process of getting help with your mental health can be very overwhelming. I definitely know that from firsthand experience. Prairie Care can help guide you through it and get you in touch with the help that you need. They've been offering mental health services to all ages in the Twin Cities of Minnesota since 2005. Whether you're looking for clinical services, a specialty outpatient program, or a more intensive level of care like inpatient treatment, Prairie Care has you and your family covered. Visit prairie-care.com to learn more. That's prairie-care.com. Hello there, my friends, and welcome into this episode of the Take What Serves, Leave the Rest podcast. So good to have you here. My name is Brian Pyatt. I'm your host, and as always, holding space in this moment for however you are showing up right here, right now. Looking forward to, to spending this time together. This week on the podcast, we are talking about something that um, a lot of us may be doing around the holidays, and that is traveling. Hopping on an airplane, heading off to, to visit friends, visit family, um, wherever you might be headed. And, and for some of you, for some of us, um, there can be a lot of anxiety focused around flying. And we have Jenny Matthews joining us this week on the podcast to talk about anxiety related to flying on an airplane. Uh, Jenny is a licensed therapist. She is the owner of State of Mind Therapy here in the Twin Cities. That is also where I happen to be doing my practicum right now for grad school. Um, and I've have had the honor of working with Jenny, um, being supervised by Jenny over the last several months. It has been such an honor, such a wonderful experience, and um, so awesome to, to have her joining us here on the podcast. So Jenny has her own personal experience of maneuvering flight anxiety and also is very passionate about helping others, working with clients who, who struggle with this. Um, and, and that's what we're going to dive into here today. So she shares more about her own personal experience. She talks about some of the, the different core fears that can show up for people when it comes to a fear of flying. Um, we dive into things that you can be doing before and during the flight to help maneuver those waves of anxiety. Um, supporting somebody else who may be experiencing a fear of flying if you have a loved one or a friend who maneuvers this. And we talk about so much more as well. I hope, as always, that there is something in this conversation that you can take with you that serves you moving forward. I encourage you, as always, to just go ahead and leave whatever does not serve you. And um, let's go ahead and, and begin. Sending love to each and every one of you out there. 
as we maneuver this thing called life one moment at a time. So let's begin. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for for joining me here on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. I was just thinking um, we should have done this on an airplane. Oh my gosh, I love that idea. Why didn't we think of it? That is great. Next time. Next time. Yes. We'll be we'll be up in the air. I love talking this. about um, about flying anxiety. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to um, to talking to you about this today because I know this is something that, and we'll we'll get into this a little bit later that really does impact a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, including yourself. Mm-hmm. This has been something that you've been pretty open that um, you obviously work with people now around flights, fear of flying, anxiety. Mm-hmm. But um, what are you comfortable sharing about how it's directly impacted you yeah. in your life? Yeah. You know, I've, um, as I really was more deliberate about understanding where that anxiety came from myself, I really tried to like look back to go like, what influences? Like, where did it start? Yeah. And there could be things that I still haven't like figured out yet with it, but I... I realized the very first memory, at least that I have of it, was um, my first international flight. Okay. I was really young. I mean, not like a child. I was like 22, probably. I was um, early 20s. I was in graduate school. There was a ton of change happening in my life. Um, mm. And so it it was very odd because at the time, um, of course, I was like stressed. Like there was a lot going on getting ready for the trip, packing, all all the stress. Um, I can't remember being worried ahead of time about it, but what mm-hmm. was so bizarre to me was that I was at the airport. Um, my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, we were sitting down to have breakfast at the airport. We had already you know, gone through security and I couldn't eat. And then all of a sudden I was like, I'm going to get sick. Mm-hmm. And I had to go to the bathroom and I threw up mm-hmm. and I didn't even know why. And it was really bothersome and it wasn't until later on that I realized oh my gosh that was like the first thing that triggered that fear of for me so I don't think unless I just don't remember it but I I don't think um that I understood like what was anxiety at that time I had clearly just been experiencing stress and things related to that flight and unaware of it but then I think the fear really like stuck after that because I, I misinterpreted what that meant. I think my brain said, Oh, that was like a bad thing that happened. It was clearly a sign. And then like it, it hung on for a while and I had to do a lot of work to undo that. Yeah. So in that particular day and when you actually throw up before you go on the flights, how did that actual flight go after that? Good question. I think it was fine. Okay. I do think I had to find like a motion sickness um, medication there at the airport because I was like, not sure if I was going to keep getting yeah. sick. I didn't know. I didn't understand if that it was actually just anxiety. I thought, I, I don't remember what I thought at the time, but yeah. uh, it did go fine Okay. Um, to, to what I remember, but it's been a long time. Okay. And then you said it stuck though for mm-hmm. a while after that. Mm-hmm. Um, what did that look like for you? Yeah. So 
And I, f- I feel like my journey with it's been a little bit up and down. So because one thing I remember is the year after that, um, I happen to have had a year of a lot of flying. Mm. What was really important to me was to keep flying because my boyfriend at the time was stationed um, in the Air Force at different places. Mm. And I had an uncle who uh, was a pilot, and so he had uh, free flight benefits that I could use. So I really wanted to go see my boyfriend. We were in a long-distance relationship, and um, I was just determined. And my best friend also moved out to California. So I had a lot of flights and I had a lot of layovers as a result of that. Mm-hmm. And so I got a ton of practice. And so I really think that was actually so important to my journey that it, it didn't get me so fearful because I just kept going. Oh. I think if I would have um, not had that year of flying that I would have been uh, very afraid to get back in an airplane, yeah. but I kept doing it. Um and so since then, uh, I still experience some anxiety, but it's, it's not in my way. But I've, I've definitely had moments where it's ebbed and flowed. Yeah. So when it's at its worst, what does that anxiety, like what has it looked like? Mm-hmm. Is it stronger leading up to the flight, actually on the flight, a little mixture of both, I would imagine? Yeah. So for me, it can start long before I even get on the plane where I've had times where even the idea of talking about booking a trip was really difficult. Mm. Or if I, or I would say yes to a trip. And then as it got closer, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if, um, and kind of like looking for reasons to back out and hoping that, and I remember, um, one flight where, uh, our trip did get canceled and I was like, Yes. And it wasn't on me. <laughs> yeah. I was excited. You're like outwardly like, oh, inside you're like, thank goodness. Right. I didn't want anyone yeah. to know that I was excited about that. That felt really, um, it, it's an embarrassing thing. Yeah. And especially as a therapist, right? Like that's like, oh, you don't let people know that, mm. you know, that that mm-hmm. would be something you struggle with. Yeah. Is there like a, do you notice that your mind goes to kind of a worst case scenario? Like mm-hmm. kind of the, the core fear of this anxiety around flying for you? Absolutely. There's a lot of like with fear of flying, like people have a lot of different things that they can be afraid of. Like I think a lot of people assume that it's about the plane crashing, but there's a lot more fears that somebody can have relate to it. For mine, it is about um, fear that it's going to crash. Okay. And so that is the worst case scenario when I'm like imagining it. And so takeoff is usually really hard for me. Um, Mm. You know, uh, because there's the climb and you know, the, the plane's not super steady. Um, so that part's usually hard. Um, so at its worst, I definitely am like visualizing in my mind, this like horror film of, um, disaster and it's not pretty. And Mm. you know, during, uh, years ago when I wasn't so good at handling my flings, I'd be like trying to pretend I wasn't on a plane, which is a really like sad experience because, I mean, usually flights, you know, last a while, at least if you want to go somewhere, yeah. you know, I'm, some places are cool close by, but if it's a long flight, like that's really, that's a, a small world you can live in to be like, how am I going to get through, you know, an eight hour flight? And I think yeah, those are the harder flights for a lot of people is anything 
beyond yeah. four hours can feel really, really hard. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And the, so, so for you, there is that, that huge fear of like the plane actually crashing. Mm-hmm. Are, are there some other common like core fears that you hear people talk about around this? Yeah. Some people aren't afraid of the plane, anything happening to the plane itself. Some people are afraid that they themselves are going to like lose control of themselves. Yeah. They're going to um, do something out of um, response to their own anxiety. Like their anxiety would get so strong, like maybe they have a panic attack and then they do something really embarrassing mm. and maybe have to be, um, you know, uh, I forget what the word, arrested basically yeah. on the plane or, you know, be, um, what do they call it? Like banned. Detained from, or, yeah. Yeah. That they're put on put the, put like, on the no fly the bl- list. No fly list. Like that. Yeah. Yes. So some people yeah. have that big fear. Um, and then some people, just that feeling of being trapped is really hard. Yeah. Um, for some people, there's a, a real fear about getting sick, yeah. um, while traveling. So, totally. um, just a lot of, um, depending on their own anxiety sensitivity, like the symptoms associated with anxiety themselves can be super hard. Cause yeah. you know, if you're, there's a lot of sensations that get turned on. And so if they're very sensitive to that and whatever that means for them, um, can be really scary to experience. Yeah. No, I know, um, hard to always know specific statistics around this and research and, and all of that, but kind of in general, how, how common is this mm-hmm. that, that people are, are struggling with it? Yeah, it's really common. So, I mean, of course we've got the difference between like anxiety around flying and then like an actual phobia. Yeah. So, um, from what I've seen, uh, it's anywhere from 30 to 40% of people experience some type of like anxiety or discomfort around flying. But the yeah. people who have like the phobia, which is where they are really afraid, um, they're truly afraid and they're probably even avoiding traveling as a result of it. It's so strong. Um, that's a smaller percentage, you know, that's probably about two to 3% of people. So, um, it's common enough that, um, it exists. Um, but the degree of severity is, is widespread. Yeah. I've, um, I mean, I was even talking to a friend recently telling them that I was going to be interviewing you about this and and they were like oh my gosh i need i need help with that yeah so it's, it's interesting as you start talking about it too i think yes. it's a lot more common than people realize yeah everybody i talk to about it they're like oh i know somebody or yeah, yeah. my my friend or my sister it's it is it's kind of one of those things where until you kind of open up about it you don't realize how many other people struggle with it so i want to um I want to get into a little bit of, you know, for people who are listening, I'm sure there are some people that were drawn to this particular episode because they do struggle with this. Um, Starting with before the flight. So let's say somebody's booked a flight, they're going on a trip. Are there things that they can be doing before they actually step foot on that airplane Mm -hmm. to help them maneuver the anxiety that's coming up around the trip? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So before the flight, kind of depending on, of course, what their fear is, what they might be doing to prepare might look different. For some people, if they're really afraid of how the, um, how safe flying is, they might 
start researching like the weather and making sure that it's, um, you know, not going to be storming or bad weather. And I really recommend that people don't do that. That's actually one of Mm. the things I would say, don't do that because it's only making it worse. And you're really outsourcing, um, you know, the trust that you could have in this pilot to, you know, your, mm-hmm. your own imagination about how safe flying is. And, and we don't want to do that. Your whole job when you're flying is to just be a passenger. And so mm-hmm. whatever researching you might be doing about, you know, how safe flying is or the weather that day to really let that go, because that's something that is within your controls to say, I'm not going to do that. I'm putting the trust in the pilots that they wouldn't be flying Mm -hmm. if this was not safe. And so really letting the pilots do their jobs is, I mean, one of the top things. The other thing is being aware of that scary story that, right. When I talked about like that horror film in my mind, I know exactly what that sounds like and the best ability to your best ability to redirect away from that. Mm. There are so many times I've caught myself investing in that story and getting absorbed into it. And it feels hard not to get pulled into it, but to realize that you do have some control over that. And so for some people that might just be distraction and that's fine. Whatever it takes, don't, it's actually really normal with anxiety that that's going to pop up. You know, part of how anxiety functions is to warn us of something bad happening and Although, right, everybody knows flying is safe. It's safer than driving. And so, right, we want to recognize our brains just, there's a a, a false alarm that got triggered there, making us pulled into this story. But our job is to say, thank you, mind, for trying to keep me safe, to try to warn me, but I've got this, I'm good, and and redirect and get something else to be... um, keeping your attention. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, this really, these are such important skills, not just for, I mean, this goes from before the plane, this could be even things that are happening weeks before the flight, yeah, all the way up until while you're on the plane. I think that's like the skill throughout that is so important to be doing. Yeah. Well, I would imagine too, the more that you're investing and bringing some awareness to that story that's feeling really scary, the more that you're doing that before the flight, you're going to have some practice for mm-hmm. when you actually get on the flight and that really starts to ramp up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our brains do not do a good job at trying to learn a new skill when we're anxious. When mm. we are anxious, our fight or flight response is kicked into overdrive and we cannot learn something new at the time. It's literally something our brains say we don't have time for. Mm-hmm. We are going to only resort to the things we do know And so you do not want to wait until you're on that plane or even at the airport to start learning a new skill. You want to be practicing that when you're not anxious Mm. so that you have a skill to use when your fight or flight system kicks on. Yeah. I would imagine too that doing that work ahead of time, it's kind of like anything, right? Like the more that we actually prepare for something kind of helps maybe ease some anxiety too, Mm -hmm. to feel like, hey, I've taken some time to invest in this, to take care of myself. I've kind of laid some groundwork Mm -hmm. to be able to to handle this when I show up that day and Mm -hmm. hop on the airplane. Absolutely. The the stories we tell ourselves are so important. And so like by practicing, that helps give you confidence, right? If you think about anything else we practice, if you're in a sport or something, right? Like you don't just start by playing in a tournament. You have to practice. You have some skills and confidence. That's no different with anxiety. Yeah. 
So a couple of really good things to do actually before you step foot on on the plane. Is there anything else that you you think is really noteworthy kind of pre-flight? The other, I guess the only other thing um, immediately is, of course, reducing stress in general. Okay. You know, anxiety is different than stress. But if you add stress with your anxiety, it's going to mm-hmm. make it really hard to stay calm to manage your anxiety and so you know there's just lots of things like just being prepared right like if it's making a a list for packing making sure you get to the airport on time all of those little things just to help reduce any stress ahead of time is gonna not remove your anxiety about flying but it's gonna help not add to it yeah and not be like rushing through security Mm -hmm. and feeling like you're running behind right you can help out yeah right okay so you've gotten through kind of the pre-flight process. Um, when people step foot on that airplane, um, what do you recommend there as far mm-hmm. as some good tools to to ride all those waves of anxiety? Mm-hmm. I think it's really important that there's an expecting of anxiety to be there. Okay. This is not an overnight um, thing you can overcome. And, and by fighting and fighting with your anxiety is only going to make it come more. And so in trying to resist it. And so as you step onto that airplane, it could be helpful to be like, here's anxiety, right? I noticed that like not in my stomach or my heart racing or Mm -hmm. feeling hot, labeling the sensations you're feeling and just allowing them. That was one of the biggest things I felt like that helped me uh, right away when I started really trying to get better at flying was Rather than trying not to feel something, I instead leaned into it and was like, yep, here's that feeling. This is just a sensation. Mm. So often with anxiety, we can um, experience a, a sensation of anxiety like a rapid heart rate or a stomach, um, not in our stomach, mm-hmm. and we assume it's danger. And we say, oh, this must mean I'm in danger. No, it's just a sensation. It's just discomfort. And so reminding yourself that every sensation is just that. Yeah. It's kind of inviting in those sensations when they arise Mm -hmm. on that flight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huge. Because that, I would imagine it's really easy to be like, I don't want anxiety to be there. I don't want it to be there. And then you step foot on the airplane and it shows up and then it's like, and then things snowball from there. Like, oh no, here it is. And then we can kind of start shaming ourselves really quickly in moments like that. Right. Right. Having appropriate expectations around that. Exactly. Because otherwise, if you go into it and you're like, oh, I was anxious and you're mad at yourself. Yeah. Right. That's not helpful. Totally. Um, are there certain like, do you recommend people keep themselves distracted during the flight, engage in certain activities, watch movies? I don't know. Like anything along those lines that mm-hmm. people can do to to help themselves out. Yeah. I really think that's important because I mean, there's not a lot you can do on a plane, right? Like you, you are in kind of a confined area for an extended period of time. And so you do need, especially if you're anxious, like you need things to do. Mm -hmm. Most people can relate with this with anxiety. Like when they are busy doing their life, like Anxiety can kind of escape for a while, just kind of leaves on its own because they're busy engaging in something else. And that can just happen organically. And on a flight, like there's there's limited stuff we can just do. So but we can be prepared by bringing those things to keep our minds busy. 
some people struggle to watch a movie when they're anxious because they're, you know, um, just it, anxiety can consume your mind so much that you're distracted. But yeah, have a number of things. I think I love the idea of coming with kind of a toolkit for yourself because you don't know what's going to be helpful. Some people love to read when they're anxious. I don't. Sure. I can't focus as much. I could watch like something funny. That would be great. Um, you know, listening to music, a med- guided meditation could be really nice for people. Mm. I definitely think it's worth having kind of a toolkit of different things um, because you don't know it's going to work. And I think also is depending on how long your flight is, you know, have a multiple, uh, multiple things because, you know, maybe an hour of a movie is great, but you're not going to do that for a nine hour flight. So, no. you know, have multiple things you can just switch to do. Yeah. Is there, is it beneficial to ever tell like the flight attendants that you struggle with anxiety mm-hmm. or kind of like letting other people on the flight know that this is a thing for you? Yes. Um, in fact, I have had conversations with flight attendants about this and it is, I mean, there's no guarantee of course, cause people, every human is different and yeah. every airline's different, but um, they want to take care of you. They want to know if you're anxious. So I've mm. had flight attendants tell me that, that you can actually let them know even when you're booking your ticket. Oh, no way. And that kind of almost like flags you. Yeah. Um, and then they know to take care of you a little bit more. And also they might, e- you could also, when you're getting to the gate to kind of check in, you can let the, I don't know what they're called. I forget yeah, the, the, the gate the, the attendants people. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, you can let them know. And if there's time, they'll let you board early where you could even have a conversation with the pilots. And that can help mm. people too. You can kind of get the sense like, okay, they're human. These are people that want to get home too. And, and they are, um, you know, they're not like these scary people behind closed doors that we don't know about. And um, I've heard so many great stories. And in fact, someone I talked to this week said that, um, she was flagged as an anxious flyer because mm-hmm. she did that through her booking process. And they, they said, Hey, we're going to take good care of you. And she said, I felt so pampered. And I thought, yeah. wow, what a cool thing that you did to let them know it, there's power in sharing our struggles. Like we don't have to struggle with it alone. And even if they can't take away all of that anxiety to know that like they're there for you, it releases yeah. this huge, um, weight yeah and I, I think i love that about being able to actually meet the pilot kind of mm-hmm. putting a face behind who's actually flying this thing because it is i mean even for i've struggled with some fear of flying stuff when i was a kid it's not very active at this phase of my life but it i i still have moments where i'm like wow we put we do we put a ton of faith in a human being that we have never met in our entire life when mm-hmm. we hop on an airplane Mm-hmm. Not to like fuel anxiety for anybody that's listening to this, but it is a big, mm-hmm. it is amazing sometimes. Like we get on this giant airplane and we don't even know the person that's flying the plane. Um, and I guess I'm curious, is it helpful to even understand like how an airplane works mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. In, in helping allevi- alleviate some of the anxiety yeah. in this process? It really can. Again, depending on the fear, like if... Yeah. If you struggle with like how airplanes work, how the heck can this thing like stay in the sky without yeah. dropping, like then yes. I think it is so helpful for people to learn as much as they can about how airplanes work because that 
knowledge can be so helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have um, just like these, it's funny, you just these ideas, again, our own, imag- when we don't know something and we're nervous about it, like we kind of make up like what we totally. think is going on because our brains want to, uh, they want to problem solve. It's just how, how we're made to be as humans. Um, but I've had my own like little things I laugh at now of like things that I like assumed or thought mm-hmm. that were corrected by my husband. Um, cause your husband's a pilot. Yeah. Well, or, or not anymore. Pilot, was so, a pilot or has worked with airplanes. Yeah. He's been in aviation his whole life. Okay. So he's been a flight mechanic. He's got a private pilot's license. Okay. He's, I've had the benefit of, of getting schooled by him through flying. Yep. Yep. <laughs> kind of getting the education. Yes. What, what were, was there something then in particular that like you learned that was kind of eye opening? Yeah. Um, well, there's two things. One thing I remember I used to tell him as soon as we're starting to descend, I'd be like, oh, yep, my anxiety is like kind of gone. Cause I like know we're like, we're I'm good there. now. Yeah. You know? And of course I think that was just like excitement. Like, oh, okay. We're almost finally almost done with this thing. And he's like, well, actually Jenny, it doesn't mean that it's safer. In fact, the descent is like not, um, uh, how did he say it? If there was something to go wrong with an airplane, you don't want it to be as you're descending because you don't have as much time oh then to correct. Yeah. Whereas if you're, you know, way up higher, you've got a lot more time to deal with the problem. I'm like, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> so now everybody's going to be terrified of the descent now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hopefully not. But yeah, yeah that was so just funny. Just a correction in just my Just things thinking. that we don't realize mm-hmm. for those of us who don't work with, with airplanes. Yeah. I feel like yeah. you explained something to me too about like the the dinging sound yes. that happens. Like we, we all hear like the random <laughs> noises that go off when we're in an airplane. I still laugh about this because I used to think the dinging was like code um, between the flight crew of like something bad is happening. Oh my gosh, and funny. like they've got to keep it, you know, uh, from us. And so that's their way of communicating. And I was always like looking around like, what what's going on? And uh, of course, as I learned, like, no, they have chimes for like, all right, uh, passenger needs more Diet Coke. Uh, we're out back here. <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh. Duh. So they're asking for Diet Coke. And meanwhile, your brain's like, we're going down. Like, yes. This is it. Yes. Yeah. This is not good. And I, again, and this, it made sense hearing from someone who, you know, is flying an airplane saying, why would I want to keep that a secret from you? If something was going on, I would want because... I would want you to know because people listen. If something, if if a, you know, pilot comes on and says, Hey, we're having an issue and we need to do this. I need everybody in your seat. Everyone's going to listen real quick. For sure. They want people to handle that. And that actually helps people feel calm. Um, So it's totally the opposite of what my anxious brain was telling me. They would not want to keep that a secret. They would want us to listen up real quick so that we can do what we need to do. This is making me think of too, like the amount of pressure that is on those like flight attendants to not ever appear rattled. Oh, like, yeah. cause I, <laughs> whenever I start to experience like turbulence or something interesting or like a weird sound, I feel like everybody, at least me, like I always look right to the flight attendants and as long as they're cool, I'm cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure they experience totally. that all the time. Like I, I kind of wonder if they're like coached on that to like I remain would, calm. I would bet they are. Yeah. 
And I think that can be helpful and unhelpful, kind of just depending on how often that's used. Like, it can be helpful to, like, look at the flight attendant and go, okay, right? Like, they, if they're not nervous, I'm not nervous. But at the same time, we don't want to over-rely on that either. Like, there's certain things we don't want to, like, yeah. over-rely on because, again, we're only then telling our brain flying's not safe. Yeah. And we want to, as if you're really working to like resolve this fear, you've got to work on undoing some of the messages you're telling yourself and to keep that fear going. So it's not an all or nothing thing. It kind of depends where you're at in your journey, but um, it's something that I have done before and it is, it is helpful at times. Is there, um, briefly, is, is there anything if, if somebody's listening and they have a loved one who really struggles with this and they want to kind of help to support them, you know, be there for them. Are there, are there things that you recommend as far as supporting somebody who really struggles with this on a flight? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the biggest things is, you know, take them really seriously. It can, yeah. it can feel hard to relate to someone if, right, if you're not going through it yourself. Um, but just know that that's really hard for them and, and to treat them sensitively. Um, talk with them in advance, you know, before the flight. Again, before they're anxious. We want to prepare in a time when we're not anxious. It's like the worst time to try to like do something new or ask someone how they want to be supported is when they're already like really anxious. So yeah. have some prep beforehand to go, all right, we're going to be traveling together on this day. Um if, if you're feeling nervous, what would you like from me? Would you, do you want me to try to distract you? Do you want me to hold your hand? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want? You know, so that they, they can give you the type of support that you want. For me, when I'm um, anxious on the flight or when I have been, my husband has tried to offer comfort like through touch and I'm like, stop touching me. Yeah. Do it not work. Just like, I just ha- like go into this major freeze mode and I'm like, I, I can't be touched. I have to like, just be left alone and but other people really want to be embraced and touched and so everyone is so unique so I just think that's really important to have the open conversation yeah um uh yeah I've been thinking about that a little bit too with what you were saying about you know like letting flight attendants know ahead of time that you struggle with this like that that might be really helpful for some people and that also might feel a little bit like getting put under a microscope for some people as well. For sure. So kind of think that's like, it's a good thing to note too, that everybody's going to be a little bit different as yes. far as what, what feels helpful to them. Totally. Yeah. Cause I could see for myself, like I wouldn't like, especially I wouldn't want to maybe like say it out loud, but like, I love like during the booking process, if there's like a little note yeah. section in that, that where you could put that, like that would be my, I'd be comfortable with that. But yep. again, someone might not be, and I don't think anyone's going to, to be, the flight attendant is going to be like, of the microphone like could the anxious flyer named jenny matthews come to the front of the plane like jenny to stand (laughs) up jenny's really anxious today Uh, here she is (laughs) yeah that would probably be worst case scenario for for a lot of people for sure yeah um yeah it's i think whatever it is that we're talking about right there's always like these kind of common things that I think can feel really supportive and yet also so important for people to kind of as the name of this podcast says right like take what serves them Mm -hmm. with these things and and kind of leave the rest and just figure out what works best for them when they they hop on an airplane well as we as we start to kind of wind down and and wrap up um 
where do you feel like you're at today when it comes to to fear of flying mm-hmm. personally? Yeah, I feel like my anxiety is not 100% gone. It's not that I never experience it, but I would say I'm unfazed by it. Nice. You know, like I mentioned before, like really accepting those sensations if they come up and knowing that that's a false alarm. I can thank yeah. my mind for that reminder. And and then I I let it like do its thing. If yeah. I try to prevent it or push away, like it's going to want to stick around. So it doesn't phase me. And I would say just given my stage of life right now, I don't travel a lot. So that, um, I think it would be a lot different if I was traveling really frequently. Like I really think that it would be so much more, even minimal, but I don't uh, have a lot of planes, especially given, you know, COVID wasn't that long ago. I definitely wasn't traveling then. And so, but I know, and I have that experience to go back on that, that year I talked about where I had like, I can't even remember, I think like six or 12 different flights within like a two month period. Like it was a lot. I got so used to that, like takeoff and landing and takeoff mm-hmm. and landing, that process that it became so normal that if I flew that frequently again, um, it, it, it I know it would be that way. So I just yeah. know um, to expect it and I accept it. And Beautiful. I, so... Beautiful. Um, it doesn't bother me. And I love that the, the, there's a, it's not that it's like you'd step on an airplane and you're numb and you don't feel anything. It's more like there's space for whatever mm-hmm. comes up to come mm-hmm. up and it yes. just doesn't hook you in maybe as much as it has in the past. Totally. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking too, it would, it, it's such a representation. I feel like working through fear of flying of like, there's such there's oftentimes on the other side of going on an airplane such beautiful experiences mm-hmm. on the other side of those things. Yes. So it's I feel like it is like the it's the perfect demonstration of if you're willing to be uncomfortable in the moments, you know, there's there is a lot of payoff in in a lot of these these trips that people take. Yeah. Memories with family, yes. different parts of the world that they get to see. Mm-hmm. Seems like some really powerful whys as far as like why people would want to would want to work on this. Mhm. You have to know your why. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, why would why would you choose to be uncomfortable, yeah. right? You have to have something to anchor to. Um, you know, why it's important to you. There's yeah. a lot of risks we take in life and but we we have a why attached to all and whether we're really aware of it or not, but we really I think that's important if you're going to try to do something that you're afraid of, you got to have a why. Totally. And if people want to learn more about you, about your work, um, where can they go? Where yeah. can they go to, to learn more? Yeah. Um, so my my website is stateofmindtherapy.com. And yep. so um, information about our therapy practice, about our workshops. Uh, we do fear of flying um, courses. And so um, and we, we've got some free resources. So if people want to learn more about or get some of these skills you know i've made a lot of audio recordings and things like that they can go onto the website to get access to those just to try to get some like help right now you know quick as they're like if they're getting on a flight tomorrow um that that there's some free resources available beautiful we'll encourage people to to check that out um thank you so much thank you for for having me sitting down and doing this and next time we will do it in an airplane I think that'd be awesome. Could you bring all this equipment? (laughs) We'll have to figure that out. We'll talk to Justin. 
Sounds see good. If we can if we can set it up in, in the airplane. <laughs> I love um, it. Cool, cool. Well, thank you again, and now uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Brian. Also, just a reminder that this podcast is not meant to replace work with a therapist. And so if you feel you need it, I encourage you to reach out to a trained mental health professional. All right, we'll talk soon.